There are emergencies that happen where you're not even dressed yet and you're tending for, to take care of that patient, not able to find a mask in time, and you're putting yourself at risk. And once we all start getting it, you're not going to have this group of nurses to take care of patients. As the number of coronavirus cases across the country grows, so does the call for protective medical gear. Doctors and nurses on the front lines of battling the spread of coronavirus are speaking out about the lack of basic supplies and pleading for help. One of the more major problems for healthcare workers is the shortage of N95 masks, which filters out 95% of airborne particles. They've been in high demand since the coronavirus pandemic began, so much so that the U.S. Surgeon General asked the public to stop buying masks altogether. Nurses are reportedly being asked to reuse their masks, even surgical masks, which provide less protection. The CDC even going as far as to suggest improvising by using bandanas and scarves where masks aren't available. But it's not just masks in short supply. Doctors and nurses are also in need of goggles, caps, gowns, ventilators, respirators, disposable gloves. States have been calling on the federal government to help keep medical workers supplied with these basic needs. And then late last week... We'll be invoking the Defense Production Act just in case we need it. In other words, I think you all know what it is. No. What is that? The Defense Production Act is a 1950s Korean War-era law that basically gives the federal government broad authority to direct private companies to meet the needs of the national defense. It would allow President Trump to push U.S. manufacturers, such as automakers and clothing companies, to pivot into making medical equipment for hospitals and medical workers. But despite bipartisan efforts, the president has yet to utilize any of those powers. Some companies have willingly donated the supplies that they can. Other companies have voluntarily sped up production without orders from the federal government. But state leaders, especially in states with a high number of cases like California and New York, are saying it's not enough. New York Governor Cuomo says without the federal government stepping in, price gouging and state hospital competition have been a big problem citing that masks that would normally cost around 85 cents are now costing around $7. Still, the White House insists relief is on the way. California's state of disaster declaration was approved, along with aid that would include the activation of the National Guard, which would be paid for entirely by FEMA. Along with that aid, the administration says it will build eight temporary medical facilities that will provide 2,000 beds in California, and they're sending the USNS Mercy, the world's largest hospital ship, to Los Angeles to aid with the supply shortage in the coming weeks. Similar facilities are also being planned for New York and Washington, with medical supplies coming along with those facilities. With more on how hospitals and healthcare workers are dealing with the coronavirus crisis, here's Christina Pascucci. That is nurse Alicia Jeffries yelling at Kaiser Permanente security as she and about 100 of her colleagues gathered outside Kaiser's East Hollywood campus. We have our right to speak. It's freedom of speech. Patients can get through. We did what you asked. The nurses had six feet of caution tape between them because social distancing, and they had this alarming message. Registered nurses are outraged to learn that the CDC continued to further weaken its guidance on measures to contain COVID-19 allowing our employer to cut more corners, placing us in direct danger. This bandana will do nothing, and I repeat, nothing to protect me. 
Alicia told me the nurses have to wear bandanas in lieu of N95 masks, the most protective ones, because managers claim they have to ration what they have. Well, we know there is um, a little white lie being told right now, because there is equipment in the hospital that's being locked down. We have protective equipment that's being rationed to us on an as-needed basis, and they are hiding it from us. We deserve to be protected. If we're not protected, we're going to get sick. If we get sick, we can't care for the patients. If we don't care for the patients, they're going to die. We're going to die. These nurses claimed that Kaiser even threatened to fire them on the spot if they wore an N95 mask, which many of them haven't even been fitted for. More than 50% of our staff has never been fitted for our N95 face masks, myself included. Never before. This is unacceptable from a company making billions of dollars in profits. Nurses cannot get N95 masks issued to them until a patient tests positive for the coronavirus. By this time, the results of the COVID test returns, nurses may have contracted the virus themselves and brought this virus home to their families. That's nurse Bill Lufkin. When people can no longer show up to the hospital because the level of safety is worse than on the streets, we are failing. And we also heard from nurse Eric Newsom. He was one of the first nurses assigned to the COVID-19 unit. We struggled with protocols for delivering coronavirus patient care due to inadequate training and preparation. Most of the nurses assigned to work the unit had to receive on-the-spot training. In one incident at the end of my shift, the oncoming day shift nurses had to receive training during a patient crisis as I was doing the handoff. If it hadn't been for the presence of a knowledgeable assistant manager who was shouting instructions through the patient room window, we would have undoubtedly breached many protocols. Kaiser Permanente released a statement. They said they get the concerns during this unprecedented time, but quote, it's important to know we are providing our staff with the personal protective equipment that is aligned with the latest science and guidance from public health authorities, end quote. The nurses, they don't buy it. And now the people who play crucial roles in saving us say they feel like they can't even save themselves. I observed nurses crying because they have fear for their safety and the safety of their patients and their families. Are we as a nursing profession supposed to remain silent about where the standards of care need to be? This situation though, not unique to Kaiser. Healthcare workers across the nation have expressed similar concerns. I spoke to Dr. Jeff Smith, he's Chief Operating Officer at Cedar sinai We are definitely seeing increasing numbers of patients presenting with respiratory illnesses, um, some whom will require testing and, and some who will require treatment and potentially hospitalization uh, to be ruled out for the COVID-19 disease. So volumes are increasing. Uh, we do have adequate capacity to care for patients. We've been preparing for this. And I asked Dr. Smith about the situation with supplies at his hospital. It's uh, very concerning. Um, it really is on a day-by-day -day basis. Uh, we keep a, a certain stock here at the hospital, but we get replenished every day. Um, but we're working very closely with the manufacturers, the distributors, as well as local and federal government uh, regarding the uh, distribution of supplies as they become available. So we have adequate supplies now, but we're working very hard to conserve those supplies and make sure they go to the areas where they're most needed. And what we're seeing is a doubling in the number of reported cases every one to two days. Um, we expect that that will continue to increase exponentially over the days and weeks to come. 
And that's why it's really important for people to stay at home and, and limit their contact with others uh, when at all possible. Dr. Smith says Cedars is putting a number of measures into place to ensure as many supplies as possible go toward fighting this pandemic. We're putting additional measures in place. One of the things that we're doing is uh, for outpatient clinic visits, many of those are now being conducted via telephone or video. Uh, in addition to that, uh, we are postponing many elective surgeries and procedures uh, that can wait until uh, this epidemic um, uh, transpires. He also made a plea for the public to donate blood. Uh, we are dependent on blood donors to make sure that we have uh, blood available for transfusion for patients who need it the most. Um, so we are asking people um, to come out and donate blood. Uh, we can do that safely. Um, so if you do not have any symptoms or any exposures um, and are able to donate, please come help us. The Red Cross declared a severe blood shortage as thousands of blood drives nationwide have been canceled. Cedars alone is down 800 units of blood just for March. A unit, by the way, is a pint. It's divided into red blood cells, plasma, and platelets, which means one pint theoretically could save two to three lives. We, we certainly have not seen anything like this here uh, in the United States in recent history. Uh, you have to look back to the 1917 flu pandemic to really see anything like this. Um, so this is a new challenge for us as a healthcare industry and for us as a nation uh, that I'm confident we will uh, rise to address. If you're interested in helping, you can visit cedars-sinai.org or redcross.org. And also, if you want to help the nurses we told you about, send us a message on social media with the hashtag KTLA podcast. On Monday, L.A. City Councilman David Ryu announced that the city is getting 20,000 new test kits from a South Korean-based company, Seijin Technologies. The new test kits will be used on first responders and healthcare workers on the front lines of the pandemic. But according to Ryu, the county is working on getting more through contracts with different companies. Officials say after the initial 20,000 tests, Seijin has committed to provide 100,000 per week to Los Angeles. Officials said the tests will be provided free of charge. L.A. County is also working on securing contracts with private and public labs that can run COVID-19 testing and finding more manufacturers to get more supplies. We're also beginning to see new ways for patients to receive care while reducing the exposure risk for medical workers and their need for supplies. For instance, Dignity Health is now offering free virtual urgent care visits for people experiencing COVID-19 symptoms. It's called Virtual Care Anywhere. It's for patients with mild to moderate symptoms of COVID-19 to consult with medical professionals and receive medical advice without having to visit a physical care facility. For more information on that, you can visit DignityHealth.org slash VirtualCareAnywhere. You can download their app, or you can call 855-356-8053. We will bring you more Coronavirus Daily tomorrow. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast app so it shows up in your feed. If you think this show might be useful to someone you know, share it with them. You can also help others find this podcast by leaving a rating and a review wherever you listen. If you've got questions, let me or Christina know by reaching out on social media. You can tweet us at KTLA Podcasts or at Christina KTLA. For continuing coverage on the coronavirus, visit KTLA.com or check the KTLA News app. Thanks for listening.